Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast with Jesse Simonton and Austin Price, Sprint Hubs. Glad to have you along with us. Rob, obviously been dealing with things in Nashville uh, for what we thought was going to be the SEC tournament, which, as we know, is canceled. And uh, guys, this is this is just strange. I mean, just and look, it's the right thing. I'm not saying that, but it, it it's odd to see the sports world at a at a halt. And that's where we're at. Sports, with the exception of, you know, golf playing a tournament without spectators. I guess NASCAR is going to race, but with the exception of that, basically the the life of sport, which is such a getaway for everybody, is at a halt. Yeah, NASCAR is going to race, and then golf's going to play without fans. Um, those are no contact sports versus anything with contact. You know, it's kind of been canceled. Um, you know, it, it is weird. I mean, I, you know, you and I discussed it on Thursday when it all went down, and you know, we were trying to see if they're going to allow us to come to practice or not. So we kind of went to lunch, and we're sitting there watching, you know, all these things on TV, and it just, it, Jesse, I mean, it, it felt, it felt almost like 9/11 was just kind of how, like, you know, you're, you're just seeing these empty arenas with people just kind of talking about, you know, where do we go from here? I mean, it, it was an eerie feeling. Well, it, I mean, each hour it seems like, you know, another domino is going to fall or another shoe is going to drop. Uh, we said it on our video. I do think that for a large swath of this country, um, and it clearly took too long with the way this thing has unfolded, but it became a true reality, the seriousness of the situation, at some point Wednesday. For some, maybe it was when... You know, there was some of the, the, the Congress testimony. For others, it was, you know, what happened uh, with the Utah Jazz. For others, it was the presidential address. Or maybe it was Tom Hanks. Whatever it was, it seemed like the, the light started flashing big time at some point on Wednesday, which then actually made it whatever ha everything that happened Thursday curious because it was like, well, why didn't the SEC and all these other conferences just wake up at 9 a.m. and say, we're done? which is what I think some coaches, including Rick Barnes and some others, were kind of wondering into the, into the evening of Wednesday night and, 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 and otherwise, like, what, what are we waiting on here? I, don't you think had the situation at the Big Ten tournament unfolded differently, and thankfully it did not, but, but had, had there been a situation where With the Nebraska Hoiberg? coach, uh, you know, the diagnosis was different, he had been around his team in a locker room and that kind of setting, don't you think that would, if, if there would, the coaches have talked about this, even Rick Barnes mentioned this, you know, you're waiting until somebody is diagnosed with it before you make a move, you know, before you make a decision. Had the diagnosis on Wednesday night not been an immediate, an immediate test result of the common flu, I think you would have seen movement on Wednesday night. Perhaps, but, but I think part of the reason why the NBA and some others have just have even kind of acknowledged in the, in the aftermath that perhaps they waited too late is there is and let's we'll shift it towards this and here in Tennessee and the kind of the college scope there is a disconnect when schools across the country are saying hey we're going to go to online classes for for campus safety we think there should be minimal human interaction, whatever. But at the same time, we think your boys should still be, you know, hooping it up together or sweating it out together on the football field. That's where I think the disconnect is and why there's even some people, including, you know, even some coaches that are like, kind of, what are we doing? Yeah, I, I think, Austin, in, in, in the minds of a lot of, a lot of people, sports is the untouchable. 
You, you know what I mean? It's I mean. What's the escape? It's the escape. It's the untouchable. You think about it, and, and this is totally. There's no comparison to the two. I'm not doing that. But what was the first thing that got this country back to normal after 9/11? It was football in the World Series. Yeah, you know, baseball, right? I mean, the president comes out, throws out the first pitch. Hey, sports is back. We're going to be all right. So the cancellation of sports, you know, Jesse, you were talking about the light bulb or what, what connected with people, you know, and brought some seriousness. And I think for a large majority of people, it was the sports front. Wait a minute. If we're canceling sports in this country, this is, this is a serious deal. You know, this, this is a serious thing. And so... I think that th there's there's kind of a feeling among some and some people in power that sports is a little bit untouchable, and that's why you saw, okay, well you got the academic people they're just being really cautious, but sports is sports, you know, sports has got it under control. Everybody needs sports. Then when it got real on Wednesday night with the Utah Jazz and, and with the situation in Nebraska, followed up by the second you know, Utah Jazz player diagnosed with it on Thursday morning. Then it became, I think, inevitable for, for, for the NCAA to say, and conferences to step in and say, hey, we don't need to be, we don't need to be participating in anything. Right. It, and, and, and again, there, there, there's, I think there's been a tacit acknowledgement from whether it's NCAA, MLB, NHL, all these leagues, MLS, all these folks that have canceled. Um, all the way down just to the government is that we don't know what we don't know and that's kind of where we're at right now now maybe that changes in 24 and hours and 48 hours yeah and maybe that changes in 24 to 48 hours but that's where the situation seems to be to lie right now which is why i said the, the best the, the best course of action was not to cancel it was to do what some of these sports have done which is just suspend i mean canceling the sec tournament's one thing but at the end of the day, all kids want to play for the national title in the NCAA tournament. All kids, all, all you know, pros want to play for the NBA title. You know, suspend, postpone, and see what happens. I mean, two weeks from now, it may be a way worse. But two weeks from now, it may be, you know, on the cusp of everything, you know, getting back to normal. You just don't know. I mean, you, you, no one knows. And how, I mean, how this, one, how this next, you know, month will play out. Well, absolutely, and that's what you know. You guys were saying. I mean, the unknown is the unknown, and. You know, you know, sometimes you, you go on about your business because you don't want to think about the unknown, but then there are other times where the unknown becomes something you have to deal with, and, and that was simply the case here. Uh, so the commissioner visits with the media um, on, on Thursday, says the hope is to resume, you know, March 30th, but made it clear that it's, that's not a given, that it's definitely going to happen. I, I think it's going to be really intriguing to see what they do, you mentioned, you know, you didn't cancel. Could you realistically take a couple, three weeks off from basketball and say, okay, now we're going to go play the national tournament when, when nobody's well, played in three weeks? You would probably I, have a week or two of practice or at least a week of practice to kind of get back. In. You've got to, it's sure. kind of like when you come out when there's a lightning delay, they don't just come out and just go right to play, right back to play. They have to stretch and all that. Same but, thing here. But, but, you know, and, and look, that's all hypothetical. I get all that. But, I mean, what are you going to do in terms of your bids and, and all these other things? Or is it just going to be, we're going to stop playing it this year? You know, uh, and I think that I is, probably, is where, is where you're gonna at. Be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of hard questions, yeah. you know, and decisions made, I think, between now as we sit here in the middle of March and I would say between – the next 30 days till the middle of April. In my opinion, I think they should go ahead 
and seed it out. Have the committee go ahead and seed it out, and then that way that's not going to be what's going to change between now and then. Everything, whatever it is now, is kind of how it's going to be because everybody, nobody's going to play another game between now and Sunday. So I would go ahead and seed it out, you know, and go ahead. That wouldn't release it, but I, if I was the committee, I would go ahead and seed it out and go ahead and get it all done. And then that way, if three weeks from now it looks like you could still have it, then you know, boom. It's easier to fall into motion instead of having to like. Then all of a sudden you got to reconvene, go through all the. Yeah, but there's a lot of elements to that. I mean, can you get the facilities to use? I mean, what do you do with tickets? I mean, there's so much involved, and and even even the thought of putting it back on, bumping it back three weeks, you know, or four weeks, and still playing the tournament. There's the the the, the, the whole. Think about how quickly so stuff much manifested. Stuff that has think about how there. quickly stuff it manifested itself on Wednesday alone, where in the morning, the NCAA released a pretty brief statement. Then by lunchtime, Emmer had come out and said, "All right, we're gonna the, the tournament sites, no fans, players and parents only." They were looking at taking and from we're the Superdome, looking to, for looking for the Final Four that was going to be in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium to maybe play in it, where the Hawks play, or even smaller where Georgia Tech plays. By the nighttime, things were getting canceled. By the next day, almost every conference tournament had been, you know, canceled. And now we're looking at a, you know, time where Duke and other schools are saying we're not going to participate. Yeah, well, and, and I think that the commissioner of the SEC said it best when he was, you know, the the answer I don't know is a viable answer right now because, as he said in, in his press conference, nobody's. Nobody was ever prepared. I mean, you, you didn't, when you were doing, you were being groomed by somebody. This was not a part of your study. You know, this is not something you studied in class. It's not something that you, anybody ever even thought about uh, in, in terms of, hey, you're going to be the next commissioner. We're grooming you to be the commissioner. Now, what's your policy for, you know, a virus outbreak that may, you know, suspend much of the activity in, in the world? How are you going to handle that stuff? You know, so there, there's so much unknown with that down the road. I think the other question on the on the, sh the the shorter end of it right now, we have seen the ACC, and the ACC has suspended all activity, including practice. Is everybody around the country going to follow suit with spring practice on that, or is this going to be conference by conference? I think so because I, at the end of the day, I think you're going to. It's like a staring contest. See who blinks first. You know, same thing. Like if you're leaving it up to each individual school. Well, LSU and Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and Auburn and Florida and, you know, all the big wigs in this league, they're going to sit there and nobody's going to want to have, let, have somebody have a competitive advantage. But at the same time, they don't want to look tone deaf either. So I, I think now that the ACC was the first one to kind of blink as far as saying, okay, we're not going to do spring practice right we're now. We're going to suspend it, suspend and it. For, until the end you of know, the month. Again, because as we talked about on the video Thursday, you know, they, they, it's spaced out so much that if you did take the next few weeks off, you could just do 15 practices in two and a half weeks and be done. Right. I mean, it's, it's also like the Allen, the Allen, it's practice. Not a game. I'm not talking about canceling games right now for college football. I'm talking about suspending spring practice. It just seems prudent across the board. If all these leagues are shutting down, these boys probably shouldn't be out there knocking heads. Especially when you got teams coming back from spring break and wherever they've been and where the kids are going. Now the, well, now, again, now the, NBA, the NBA says they're going to allow teams to practice. 
They say that, but but you have several teams right now also saying as we record this that they're giving their guys off, you know, four or five days, and then they'll reconvene. So even that, who knows how much can change in four or five sure. days? So uh, I think it, again, it makes the most sense right now if you're suspending, you know, in you know activities until March thirtieth to even to do it till then to make a decision after that date or use that date as kind of an early. Uh, timeline deal and then reassess. That course, that would be kind of my suggestion. And of course, Tennessee practiced yesterday, and now they got they're through their two days of t-shirts and shorts. Won't have to do that when they when they come back from from spring break if they elect to continue to practice. Um, but they may not. But it gives them some time now that you've gotten through those first two initial practices. Plus, Tennessee did have a couple of recruits on campus yesterday. You know, as Greg Sankey announced, he was going to be. Uh, suspending on uh, and off campus recruiting, but they were, you know, you're, if you're already on a campus, you got to finish your visit. So, like, Caden Salter was in here from Texas, Hudson Wolf was in here from West Tennessee. I thought those were two big visits. Salter's a guy that, uh, uh, you know, has, has risen the board for Tennessee on, on the quarterback front. And then Hudson Wolf had been several different places Alabama, Ole Miss, um, you know, you name them, he, he's kind of been to them. And you know, he hadn't been to Tennessee in a while, and to come up here with his family and see it kind of one-on-one for about five or six hours, I think was it was a big deal for Tennessee to kind of maybe get a little mo- a little bit more momentum there because they didn't have a whole lot, you know, because you know um, I'm not sure that you know how they were kind of with the, with the change of the tight end coaches. It just I felt like there might have been something lost in the shuffle there a little bit. Yeah, because we um, saw him work out from Niedermeyer, and now you know this summer, this past summer or last summer, and now you got a new tight ends coach, Asavet. Where's that relationship? So he got to come watch him practice yesterday. I, I think that one is um, you know, knowing he can't take the visit for a few weeks, it, you know, and I you know, I think it'll be interesting to see if the momentum they can carry out of this visit stays with him because it's not like he's going to go, you know, to Alabama this weekend or Ole Miss or, or Clemson or Georgia or some other school that could potentially swing back some momentum because he's not going to see anybody else for a while. So the last thing he's seen is Tennessee. Does that pay dividends in the recruitment of Hudson Wolf or Caden Salt? Yeah, I mean, that, and who, who knows with, with that. Uh, I think the other thing, Jesse, you pointed this out on um, Thursday when we were talking in the in the video deal, um, what what do they do with you know if this is a three or four week or whatever delay or suspension of recruiting activities, how do they adjust the calendar? Do they take the dead period off the books in July, you know, and open that back up, or do they say you know what this is just a, this is just a shortened year, okay? We're just not going to worry about those three weeks. We're going to put the calendar right back in place. How big of a deal is it if you miss? three weeks of recruiting, of potentially having unofficial visitors. And official visitors, let's put it that way, too. Well, I, I mean, visitors. I do think it's it's uh, it's noteworthy and potentially significant, especially when you're talking about how many kids now, you know, 70-plus percent sign early. And so if you're eliminating some of this part of the calendar where kids are allowed to go on these visits, both officially and unofficially, uh, I think the impact can be fairly significant. I mean, you know. We haven't talked about Zach Evans in a few weeks, but this 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 is you know the saga continues there, and this has nothing to do with his own you know kind of wild recruitment. I mean you know he was supposed to visit Florida next weekend, that now cannot happen. Uh, so what happens there? You know I mean it's just kind of you know kind of a wild deal. Yeah, because who knows? Because he he may decide 
I'm done. I, I, you know, I don't want to take that list anymore. I'm tired of all this. That, you know, I don't want to take that list. I mean, you never know how kids view things. I mean, yeah, well, at this, but at the same time, Tennessee was hoping to get him on campus sometime unofficially, unofficially last week. weekend or this week. Right. And that's not happening. Yeah. So. So uh, who knows how that happens? And again, I think the the question is, you know, how long does this suspension? And again, we're putting this in the context of sports. There's, it's much greater than sports, but that's what we talk about. You know, here on the site, and that's what we do is we do sports. Uh, you know, how long does this recruiting lull last? How much does that cost you momentum with somebody? You know, that you, you know, somebody was planning on coming in. You know, th this is the time of year when a kid's on a spring break, he might see seven schools in five days, you know, and might make that caravan type trip that, that they've been planning for a while and it doesn't get to happen now. So, um, what, what the, does the NCAA step in and adjust the calendar, or do they not mess with that and just let it go? I, I think it's something that you, know, you don't have to make that decision now, but on down the road is going to be something to talk about and, and some kind of decision that, that's, that's got to be made there. Among a bunch of other decisions, what do you do with your scheduling for your spring sports if you start them back up? You know, how do you handle that? Austin, you mentioned the, the, the practice time. If you're going to suspend and you're not going to have spring practices on your campus for football. You're also not going to have baseball practice. You're not going to have softball practice. You know, n none of those practices, golf, track and field, are going to happen. So are you going to do a two-week, you know, kind of practice period to get back going before you start playing again? Are you going to jump right into conference play with everybody? Lots and lots of decisions. Eligibility, you know. For, you know. Yeah, again, it was Greg Sankey was asked, you know, for seniors, you know, would you get – would they get the opportunity to have another year? And you know, he said, "We obviously at that point in time, it's not something that they've even really dove into or talked about." But which, that's which, what seemed kind of like an odd answer. I know, I know things are moving fast, but it, that seemed kind of like an odd answer when a day earlier the Ivy League had canceled everything, and their commissioner had come out and said, "We're going to issue a blanket; you get an extra year." One thing that makes that now a I know they don't have scholarships. Right, so it's a that's little what bit I was weird. Yeah, it's a little it's, bit of a deal, yeah. different deal there because it's not financially right. the same responsibility for an Ivy League school as it would be True. for a Power Five school or an SEC school in terms of funding numbers that you deal with. I mean, obviously they're dealing with a total different set of who you know how many people can get grant and aid and your numbers that you're dealing with there. So th that's a little bit easier for them. But to your point, I think it's a fair point. That question probably shouldn't have caught you off, off guard, guard right. because that had already been discussed and had already been talked about to, to some degree. Um, hey, let me tell you a little bit about Blue Water Climate Control. Then we're going to talk about the football team and what we saw on the practice field um, uh, on, on Tuesday uh, for, for this football team and, and kind of revisit some of that stuff a little bit. But allergy season is almost here. Allergy sufferers will be looking for some safe air space. Do you know that pollutants in your home are two to ten times worse than outdoors? Blue Water Climate Control offers solutions that protect your airspace by controlling the dirt and dust that accumulates inside your system that can reduce efficiency by 30 to 50 percent, controlling allergens that cause allergic reaction and asthma attacks, all of these other things, controlling the toxins that and, and odors by pets and people and all these things that, that you need to know during this difficult allergy season that is upon us. So you can call and schedule a free consultation today with Blue Water Climate Control at 
865-299-2290. And don't forget to mention VolQuest. That's 865-299-2290. You can follow them on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate or check them out online at BlueWaterClimateControl.com. All right, let's talk about this football team. We got the eye test for one day. Um, you know, some some, some had Harrison Bailey winning the Heisman Trophy, <coughs> the starting job, which which happens. I, look, that's a normal reaction. Now that you you didn't get to, we didn't get to see him the second day, but you know you had a chance to kind of relax and 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 think about it a little bit. Is there anything circling back around that maybe jumped out, or or, or you thought more about that maybe wasn't in your initial reaction in in the two minute drill or in the practice observations? Uh, after Tuesday's workout. Anything jump out? No, because you're only out there for such a short amount of time. Um, you know, I, and, and of course I'm bouncing around getting all the video and stuff, and you know, you're bouncing around getting pictures. So it's kind of hard when you're looking through just the, the viewfinder or whatever, you're, it's hard to kind of get a gauge on unless, unless you have it on camera for you. You know, you know Jesse's probably a way better person to talk about specifics. Because um, I, I only get to see, the, again, you're talking about handful of minutes out there. I tell you what, one thing that jumped out to me, and I think this is Jesse was because he's a more veteran coach, and this is not a knock on Brian Niedermeyer or Sheldon Felt, but but I thought it was pretty clear to see Jimmy Brumball's personality and Jimmy Brumball's kind of he was practice, practice demeanor. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he looked like a veteran guy. That that All he did was he changed logos. You, you know what I'm saying? For I mean, sure. he, he, he was, it, there was not a and I'm not saying Shelton Felton was kind of feeling his way, but that was a new that was a new deal with him. He he had been an actor in the year before. Brian Niedermeyer's never coached linebackers specifically by himself. I, I thought that was the one thing to me that jumped out defensively. A little bit of swagger and confidence from Jimmy Brumball, which you would expect from a veteran coach. And and honestly, you know, I didn't think he you know he carried himself a lot like Tracy Rocker in terms of being very you know uh, focused on kind of fundamentals. Very you know he was kind of a uh, demonstrative teacher, uh, and clearly, like Rocker, had command of his guys. Those guys were, you know, in tune with what he wanted. Um, I thought, you know, I put this in the notes, maybe not like an individual, but I thought, and it makes sense too. Will Friend, almost all these guys are back. They were they were playing with some with some with some pace. You know, the the the, the drills at the offensive line. Uh, had some real intensity to them, and, and that that's good because they need to kind of hit the ground running. Because you know a lot of folks are excited about that side of the ball, or specifically that position group. And if Tennessee is going to take a leap, they need that you know group to also you know kind of ascend. So yeah, I, I, you know, and you would expect that the expectations for that group from the coaches are certainly higher. But but if you think back to a year ago with the offensive line, and so much of that was play lower just simply be more physical you know you got to be more physical you know it, it, it jeremy pruitt talked about this when he talked about his defensive line a year ago when he talked about you know we're trying to get him to middle school or we're trying to get, i don't remember the exact quote we're trying to get him to the high school right now they're middle school or elementary yeah. school right felt like a year ago that's where the offensive line was that they were in elementary school trying to learn the expectations from jim cheney they're clearly not there now and, and going faster. I thought Trey, clearly the offseason's been good to him, and the fact that he's had an offseason has lean. been really good to him. Uh, and it looked like to me Cade Mays was leaner. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And in a good way. I mean, not, not that he was like, oh, geez, you know, you know Jameer Johnson, maybe it's because he's standing at times next to Jameer Johnson, who might not weigh 260 pounds right now, it doesn't look like. But but Cade looked a little trimmer and, and looked a little little leaner, I guess is, is a better way to say it. Yeah, I, I think so. I, you know, and I've kind of started to notice that when, like, when he would post pictures from like the NCAA weekend or whatever. He, he looked like he was... You know, in, in pretty good shape. Maybe it was uh, a light-colored uniform. You know, it heard it heard he had a little bit of a back issue, but you know, I don't think that's as big a deal as a few people had let on. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the, with him is just you know, he, he probably understands the terminology as good as anybody because or the concepts because I mean, it's similar to what Jim ran Georgia, and you know, so I mean. Yeah, he should have gone fast. Yeah, he should have been able to go fast. Yeah, it's not it, it's not a matter of that. You know, for him, I think it's just you know understand whether he could be eligible in the fall or not. So, I mean, you know, he's going to approach each day thinking he is until he's told he's not. So, um, you know, I, Jesse talked about Jerome Carvin. He's one guy that I did think he looked he looked like the, he's in the best shape that, you know, I've seen him since he's been here. Um, you know, interested to see, like, Darnell's ankle was still taped up. I mean, that should be better by now. I don't know. That, that's kind of a little bit befuddling to me. Um, he also looked. I I said this on one of the. I mean, I thought he looked a little heavy. I did too. I, I like you know for for as much positive pub as I think for a lot of guys out there. I thought they, I said it. I thought Kayvon Bennett continues to look good. Um, you know, there's some other, Roman Harrison physically. He got he got the you know what for from Shelton Felton when we were out there briefly for uh, not attacking a drill he wanted. But physically, I thought you know he looked uh, a little thicker. But I. I I did not think that that Darnell had maybe shed some of the the the, the bad weight that he had a year ago, we, which maybe that maybe that coincides with whatever's going on with his ankle. I don't know, but it was noticeable. Yeah, it certainly was. And um, I'm sitting here just looking at Twitter. The NCAA has canceled the remaining winter and spring championships in all sports, according to this. Um, the tweet or, or the messages, Mark Emmert and the Board of Governors canceled Division One men's and women's 2020 basketball tournaments as well as all remaining winter and spring NCAA championships. This decision is based on the current public health threat and the ability to ensure events do not contribute to spread uh, and the impact of hosting such events at any time during this academic year, giving ongoing decisions by other entities. So that's pretty significant there. Um, the, the economic impact of that long term uh, for some places are, are going to be there. We'll talk about that in, in the coming days as well. But that just being handed down as, as or issued out as we record this. So the NCAA basketball tournament is over. But let's go back to football as we wrap things up here a little bit. Surprise Cade, and it's only individual period, so who knows what happens afterward. Were you surprised he was getting as much left tackle work it looked like while we were out there? No, especially with Wanye out this spring. You know, I think they're just trying to figure out combinations and, you know. Not that he's going to play there, but maybe be the backup there. Obviously, yeah. guard. He's played a ton of guard. It's not like he needs a ton of reps at guard, right? Correct. I think he's, okay. you know, he played very little left tackle at Georgia. Played a little bit of right tackle. He played left tackle there at the end of last year when they were, you know, without those guys in the bowl game and stuff. Um, you know, he kind of played everywhere. Oh, he was snapping the ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he we did you know, yesterday. So, I mean, he and he played some center down at Georgia. I think that's the best thing going for him is the fact he's been so versatile in his time, both you know, in, in Athens and then potentially here. Yeah, he played he all over he the can place. Play all over the place. Yeah, he certainly and can. And he's big and he's physical and he still moves pretty good for a kid his size. 
Yeah, it certainly does. All right, last thing, and we'll wrap it up. And, and that, that's go ahead. I was just going to say the as an adjacent to that with Cade working at left tackle, I do think that also speaks to. Yeah, we, we said you know Darnell's a little bit heavy. The continued kind of belief that that Calvert could be the guy at right tackle. Now he he's gonna have to beat out Darnell, but that they believe that it's those. You know, if you felt like. Uh, if you felt like you were unsure about that, I think Cade, it, Cade would even admit if, we, if he was sitting here, he's probably more comfortable at right tackle versus playing left tackle. Uh, Cade would probably be getting a real look at right tackle. So I think that, you know, some early confidence maybe coming off of what he did at the end of last season and this offseason for a guy like K-Ron Calvin. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting when whenever spring practice resumes if they work a Calvert at left tackle just to see, or does that mess with him? You know what I'm saying? Because it's been a pro, you know, get him to this point. Do you want to take and mess with that? You know, with Darnell where he's at, does he even get a look at left tackle at some point in time? Because we know they like to cross train. I think that's going to be a storyline worth keeping an eye on as we progress through spring practice when it resumes. Lastly, on the quarterbacks, Jeremy Pruitt said all the right things on Tuesday. Jerry Garantano would not declare him the guy says he's going to rep all six quarterbacks until somebody says, you know, or eliminates themselves. How quickly do we think this thing eliminates itself and pairs down? Wherever they go, I mean, is this a, is this a second week of spring practice? Is this five practices in? There's no way it's going to be six all the way through spring ball. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it'll be six all the way through spring ball, but I think it's probably four or five. I don't know how it's going to pair down by a bunch. I mean, like, unless you're just going to go ahead and say, okay, Jared's the guy. Because, I mean, I don't, you know, I said it on Tuesday, I'll say it again. He was more complimentary of J.T. Stroud than he was Brian Maurer in that, when he was talking about quarterbacks the other day. And kind of talk about Meyer, talking about Maurer, he was just kind of a drive-by comment. Uh, I thought that was telling. Um, and then, you know, obviously Harrison and Jimmy are freshmen. So, I mean, like, you know, I, Unless you're going to just say Jarrett's our guy, which I don't think he's going to do because I don't think he wants to go down that path uh, of anointing someone. Uh, I think he'll just keep it broad. You know, you may see a couple of guys, you know, take a step back at some point in the spring, but who knows how this is going to play out for us when we even get to watch the spring. I mean, I, I think the, I, I continue to maintain that it's this is Jarrett's going to have to lose this job, um, and he could. Somebody's going to take and, it from him or whatever. And he could. No, I think Jarrett's going to have to lose. Like he's going to have it. He he's going to get the chance going out there, week one, and then week two against Oklahoma. And if he, you know, proverbially, you know, craps the bed, then that's that's how the door opens for quarterback X. Whether it's Harrison, whether it's Shrout, whether it's Mount, whoever happens to still be in that room right. there. And that I think is what is is going to be most interesting to me, whenever we, whenever this is, you know, in this weird kind of uh, nebulous that we're in right now. Whenever spring practice does resume, and this competition takes place, I'm much less interested in is someone almost nipping at the heels of Jarrett Garantano, or is, but what is the pecking order behind him? And that, you know, if we do get a spring game, that could be telling. Does does the fact that if you're going to keep it open all spring long and, and you come out of spring with it open and everybody gets, you know, a guy that feels like he's gotten, a, you know, he didn't get whittled out or kicked off the island or whatever, you know, 
reality series. Does that open the door possibly for the room to stay packed and not so? Because I mean, I think we've all believed, hey, that room's going to empty out a little bit post spring practice. And I think part of the reason I felt that way was because the guy's going to feel like, hey, I don't have a chance to win the job here. I didn't get the reps. I didn't get this, that, and the other. Can you keep it even enough to where it causes a guy to say, you know what, I got a real chance to win this job here, and, and more people stay? I'm going to say no, because I think that they've kind of, I think especially for a guy like J.T. Sprout, he's seen firsthand last year, you know, even when he played decent, you know, and, and, and you know, at the, you know, coming in for Jerry when he got knocked out for South Carolina and stuff, you get to the next game and he was a non-factor. So, I mean, like, in, in my mind, I think he's going to be he, – he's one that's a domino. I think Matt or again, I, you know, I go back to those two are the most likely. You know Jimmy and, and Harrison are going nowhere. And I, I, I don't think Jarrett's going anywhere because I think it'll be, you know, it's going to be set up for an alone unless he just, as Jesse says, craps the bed. You know, he's going to be, you know, the presumed guy exiting spring. So, um, no, I think that this very much sets up for one of those two. To potentially leave after spring. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Not both. All right. We'll see what happens with that whenever spring practice resumes. We will get football again. We will get college baseball again. We will get professional sports uh, again. When? We don't know. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to continue to talk about recruiting. We'll continue to talk about this team. We'll continue to talk about sports because Quite frankly, with everything going on right now, sports are fun to talk about. So that's what we're going to do and we'll continue to do uh, here on the Blue Water Climate Control Podcast as well as on the message board and other outlets as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. For Jesse Simonton and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us, everybody.